Well, if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to open them up. We're going to be bouncing around in different passages, but we want to begin in Ephesians. So if you have them, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. If you have your phones and you've got an app on that, you want to follow along, that's, that is really good as well. In your bulletin, there is an outline. Uh, may I encourage you to make some notes on there if you have any or questions. I'd uh, be glad to answer them and walk through that with you. Hope you had a really good time with your family and a really good Christmas celebrating. Mine was nice and quiet, so Christmas Eve was great here. And then uh, Monday, I was sick. So it was just myself. Everybody was gone, so that was good. And then all the noise arrived Friday night. And so it's great to have the family there. And now I realize why I had kids when I was in my late 20s, early 30s. Because at 58, I'm tired and ready to go to bed at 7. Well, here we are on the brink of a brand new year. Many of us will take time to reflect on last year. Many of us will make promises or commitments to do better in the new year. This morning I wanted to look at three areas of life we can have new beginnings in in this new year. And so my purpose this morning is I want to give you some guidance and hope as we begin this new chapter, this new journey. So let's begin. If you have your Bibles, we're going to take a look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, 15 through 17. The first things we're going to look at is new opportunities. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand the Lord's will. When I read these verses and I think about them, they're pretty straightforward, wouldn't you say? I don't believe we, that we would have to tell anybody that these days that we live in are not evil. That there isn't anyone here this morning that would tell me that there's no need to live wisely. We need to make the most of every opportunity. And I think that there's three opportunities available to every one of us here today as we take a look at this. The first is a deeper walk with God. The only way I get to, the only way I know to get this is spelled time. Time in God's word, time in prayer, time in worship and fellowship with other believers in Christ. Time is all important. Let me caution you, though, against something. Stay away from the mindset that says, I'll get with God when I find the time. The truth is, you will rarely find the time. We need to make time to get things done. And that includes spending time with God. 
And that even became more at home for me on Saturday morning and all day yesterday. As you're busy with family and kids and grandkids and just moving around and wanting to do this and wanting to do that, and you're running out of time. Make some definite plans to set aside time for God and his people as we begin this new year. The second opportunity is healing of relationships. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. I'll give you some time because we're going to be bouncing around. First John chapter 3, verse 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. The phrase that comes to mind, it's easier said than done. It's easy to say, you love someone, but it's an entirely different thing to show it in a way that really communicates it. As we begin this new year, ask God to show you how you can show love in specific ways to someone you love. I would have no idea what God would have you do there. It might be helping or assisting in some way. It might be curving, curving your tongue or checking your attitude. It might be stopping someone from hurting themselves or herself. The possibilities are endless. When I think about this, it brings me to the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. It says this. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm only resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I can give all my possessions to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It also protects, also trusts, also hopes, also perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection that we shall see his face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully even 
as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. If your relationship with someone you love is marred, this might be a great place to start in 2024, looking for the cause and ultimately the healing. One way to bridge the gap and restore a loving relationship is to extend forgiveness before you are asked to, or even if you do not think you are the one in wrong. Take the initiative to restore. It's always your turn to work for healing as we begin this new year. Turn with me to 2 John. 2 John. I was going to say chapter 1, but that would throw you all off because there's only one chapter. Second John says this. To the chosen lady and her children whom I loved in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will for, be with us forever, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one that we have from the very beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Many deceivers, many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may, may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring his teaching and does not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wickedness. I must have, I, must, I have to must write to you. I do not want to use paper ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face. The writer here is encouraging us to have a difficult balance to maintain. Love becomes soft if it's not strengthened by truth. Truth becomes hard if it's not strengthened and softened by love. Sometimes in my life, I have been passionate about the truth, but have not been very loving in delivering it. Other times, I have tried to be very loving, but perhaps failed to care enough about the truth. The writer here urges this beautiful balance between truth and love. And as we enter into 2024, our world tells us 
that truth is relative. That what we have to do is love. And the Bible tells us we have to have a balance. The writer here, John, urges this beautiful balance of truth and love. Truth and love are not opposed to each other. That's what our world wants us to believe. They complement one another. If you enjoy reading, I have a little book for you. You may want to write this down. This title is called Grace and Truth, Finding Balance in the Christian Life. Such a powerful little book, especially as we enter into a new year. These two qualities are essential to a fulfilling, effective Christian life. And grace and truth will help you have a proper balance. Not 50% of each, but 100% of grace and 100% of truth. Again, if we were to go back to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 15. The writer here encourages us. Instead of speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up in him who is the head, that is Christ. As we enter into this new year, may the Lord help us maintain this balance between truth and love and always speaking the truth in love. The third opportunity as we get going here into 2024 is an opportunity to serve God and man. Turn with me to Galatians, just a few books, pages before Ephesians, Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. It says this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Just as we saw in 1 John about loving with actions and truth, we see here that we need to keep doing it and not give up. Not to say, oh, well, they're never going to change. Oh, well, this is who they are. Or it's of no good not to give up. You see, we reflect the love of Christ for people when we treat them with love and respect, doing good for people. May God continue to open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts and even our pocketbooks to see the hurt and the hurting ones around us in our world today as well. However, if we want to do all this, we need to be effectively equipped. Second Timothy tells us, Second Timothy 3.16 says this, 
All Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We're able to administer effectively by using the Word of God as our guide. And it's most effective when the Bible is more than just a reference or a how-to book. But when it's so much part of us, even in the way that we act. As I've been with you now for four months as your transitional pastor, I truly believe that this church body is on the brink of exciting things as we enter into 2024. Mighty things that the Lord is going to do in us and for his kingdom. However, we're going to need to allow God to do what he wants and needs to do in us so he can work through us. And that's up to you and I. I think we want to bring God new opportunities as we enter into this new year of service for him. I want to talk about new commitments. By this, I'm not saying new resolutions. As I was driving here this morning, they said new resolutions is a to-do list to start on Monday. That's not what I'm talking about. To me, the word resolution is just another word for failure as it relates to New Year goals. I want to focus on one commitment we all need to make every year. And this will not be a surprise to any of you, I'm sure. If you go with me to Mark, Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, verses 28. 28 to 31, it says this. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commands, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And here it is, folks. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I see three ways to help us get stronger in grasping on loving God with our whole being. We need to look to Jesus. We need to focus on him as we go through life. We're all aware of how easy it is to focus on everything else, our finances, whether they're good or bad, our careers, our families, schools, homeschooling, whatever it may be. However, I've found, and I'm sure that you have, that if I focus on him instead, the other stuff seems to fall in place. 
I've seen God do it in my life. And I'm confident many of you have seen that same thing. We focus on Christ by saturating our lives in his word, getting into his word, spending time in prayer, spending time with his people. The second thing that we see here is walk with the Spirit. If you go back to Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, verse 25 says this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The key part of this passage for me is this, as we think about this. How do I keep in step with the Spirit? And it comes back to that first thing that I said, time. Time with God. Time in his word. We need to run to win in our commitment. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know then in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. The key passage here that jumps out to me is, Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. When I look at 2024 and I start thinking about the new year, especially in the area of deepening my walk with God and my encouragement is for you as well, don't set yourself up for failure. My point is this, that you do not want to set expectations that are unrealistic. Grow in Christ. Set yourself up to win. If you want to read through the New Testament, I start with the book of John. If you want to read through the Bible in a year, there's lots of good plans for that, where you're reading the new and the old every day. As we enter into this last part, as we go into 2024, I want us to look at having a new life. A new year, a great time to begin to walk with God if, you're not, if you haven't already begun. Or as you, if you have a relationship with Christ, that you may walk deeper with Him in 2024. 
a new life in Christ. Second Corinthians, since you're close by, Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The gold has gone, the new has come. In Christ, you have an opportunity to become an entirely new person. It may not always look or feel that way, but it's true. God replaces that old person with a brand new one. However, the most important thing is, is that this main change is for our status for eternity. Here's what I mean. When you don't have Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, your status is that of a sinner. You're outside of God's provision of heaven, destined for eternity apart from God. However, Scripture tells us that when we have Christ as our Savior, our status becomes that of saved. We're no longer under the penalty of sin. We have a place that's reserved for us in heaven. And then God places his Holy Spirit, which is here this morning, in each one of us to help us in that new life. That's what Jesus came to accomplish for us. You can begin this new life with him this morning. All you have to do, as Scripture says, is to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. A price that He paid on the cross with His blood. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 14, says this. We know that the law is spiritual. But I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For I do, for what I do want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. It is as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do not do what I want, do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it's the sin living in me that does it. Verse 21. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. And the writer here, Paul, he says, What a wretched man I am. 
who can rescue me from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature am a slave to the law of sin. If you're anything like me, you agonize over the disparity between how we should act and how we do act. We groan about being a Christian and the failing. What can we do? The answer is to set our minds on what the Spirit desires. And we see that in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. And how do we do that? By spending time with the Lord. By reading his word. By asking the Holy Spirit to move in such a powerful way that it's him moving through us and doing in us what he wants to do, not us. Time comes when every Christian needs to make a decision. If you call yourself a Christ follower, maybe 2024 will be this for you. Whether to live for Christ or to live for themselves. Scripture tells us that we need to consecrate ourselves by offering it all to Him our minds, our work, our families, everything. When we consecrate ourselves to Him, He works to make us holy moving us towards a perfect love for God, turning our desires from the sinful things that we want to do to glorifying God in all aspects of our lives. If you're tired of defeat here this morning, you've come and you wrestled with that, may I encourage you to start 2024 by giving it to the Lord. Give your life to the Lord. Start anew. If you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, may I encourage you to spend time with him, to get into his word, to open it up, to read it, to let him speak to you in a powerful way. Let me just pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for walking with us. Thank you for being here with us today. Lord, as we begin this new year, Lord, may your will be done in our life. May we be open to your will. May we be excited to do what you have for us. Lord, may we get into your word. May we spend time with your children, brothers and sisters in Christ. May we encourage each other. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word and all that you have for us. And we just pray and ask things in your name. Amen.